Welcome to The Climb, the podcast where we conquer our inner mountains. I'm Natasha Wallstra, your host and guide on this transformative journey. This show is brought to you by the Inner Mountain Foundation, inspired by the work of Diane Wong, empowering women everywhere to stand up, speak out, and make a difference. Every episode, we explore a theme related to personal growth and empowerment, drawing on the experiences and insights of extraordinary women. This isn't just a listening experience. It's a call to action, an invitation to grow, and a journey of discovery. So are you ready to embark on today's climb? Let's begin. Well, Peyton, I am so excited to have you here with us today. It has been a few weeks, I think, since we saw each other last and a couple months since we first met. And so being having you on the podcast, I'm super excited about. Um, before we dive into everything we need to be talking about, because there is so much, I would love to know how Pitch Night went last week in Columbia. I know you were at the Growth Summit kickoff, and I would love to hear about that. It was amazing. I mean, first of all, the experience of the accelerator program through G Alpha and the Boyd Foundation was in Groco. Um, it was so powerful. So it was a five week program. We were preparing for pitch night and I just gained so much confidence along the way. Um, it was amazing. So I shared about the company. Um, the company is called Drift. And um, it was mostly just so exciting to share about it and have the audience there and then just get feedback afterwards. So it was fantastic. That's awesome. I'm so glad it went well. And I'm excited to hear more about Drift later on in yeah. this podcast. But before we dive into what you're doing today, I'd love to hear more about your journey and who Peyton is. Yeah. So when I was um, listening a bit to the Inner Mountain and Diane and kind of learning about the whole concept, I was so excited to be here today because unlike most people, I started with the Inner Mountain. And that means that at such a young age, I, I, I called it like a, I was a seeker. So there was something in my heart that made me seek more. It made me seek you know, answers to big questions about life. And it, it made me question a lot of things that were kind of accepted in, in our culture. So I, my path led me to California. Um, some time during high school, I just kind of had this urge for California and I didn't really understand it. It was looking back, it'd be like the first soul urge is what I call it. So where something deep within Ooh, you like calls that. you. Yeah. So I, um, my parents didn't want me to go out West for college, so I didn't go. But then as soon as I spent about a year working after I graduated, the call was still there. And so it was like, no one can stop me now. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out Pennsylvania. And I took off for California and, um, and I did that because I had a great job. I was working in sports television. I was kind of doing all the outwardly things that someone would be like, oh, wow, that's so amazing. But it wasn't fulfilling for me on a soul level. So I left for California, didn't necessarily know why, didn't know anyone. Um, people kind of said, go to San Francisco or San Diego. I ended up in San Diego. But as soon as I got out there, I felt 
a sense of being at home. So we would still maybe go to happy hour after work on Friday, but we were talking about the deeper issues um, about life, about spirituality. This was in 99. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> so I did my first yoga class, yeah. my first wow. meditation in 1999. So all, all along the way, what I was doing, no one else was really doing. So I, mm-hmm. I was a pioneer, right? I was, which is a lot of people can relate to. You're kind of going on this path and, and no one's necessarily showing you the way. So there's right. a lot of, you know, exploration and kind of trial and error that you're naturally doing. So I did meet, meet more like-minded souls in California and I started, um, you know, reading about feng shui and, um, and doing yoga and all of those things. And after about a year and a half in San Diego, my company asked me if I wanted to move to San Francisco. And I, at that time, loved new things and to explore. So I said, heck yeah, sign me up. So I was actually reading a book about Chinese medicine on my flight to move to San Francisco. Got to San Francisco. The whole tech ha- crash happened in 2000. And I was left at a crossroads at a young age. And I had to kind of choose, do I continue down this corporate path or do I take an alternative path? And I chose the alternative path. And I ended up very close to a school for traditional Chinese medicine. And I had never had acupuncture before I started the program. I had, though, read this book on Chinese medicine. And it was all about Chinese medicine for maximum immunity and you went through and you selected different symptoms that you might have. And it, it related it to the different elements that there are in Chinese medicine. And, and so that was it. On a whim, I kind of chose to, to do this program. And it was such a great thing to do to choose this alternative path. Because it basically took everything I was taught in Western culture, which is very unhealthy, I will say now (laughs) as a healthy person Mm -hmm. and kind of flip it on its head and study, you know, Eastern philosophy and Eastern, um, wellness and health. And that has its own challenges too, right? Culturally. But what I did was kind of flipped everything I learned and really by doing so opened my mind to living life in a different way. So San Francisco was amazing, right? It's it's the home of the organic food movement. There were integrative hospitals to um, do acupuncture in. I worked in um, alternative health research. You know, there's a psychic color therapy. There, Every alternative therapy you could ever wow. imagine was kind of at my fingertips to play with and explore. And so it was, it was incredible. And that led me down a 15-year path of being an acupuncturist and, and wellness practitioner. Ended up back in San Diego um, and practiced a lot of these therapies. And in doing so, met a lot of women and men through my practice where I was able to kind of help them on their inner mountain, right? So my inner mountain, you know, we all have things, I think, no matter what race, what what color our skin is if we were raised with money or without money, we all have an inner mountain to climb, right? We all have Uh challenges. Um, Everyone, no one, no one gets away free. (laughs) 
And so for me, um, at a young age, I had my body started talking to me. So my stomach was very sensitive. My skin was very sensitive. I remember in college, I decided to not drink soda anymore. I used hypoallergenic um, products instead of mainstream products. Um, I started to notice how I felt with what I was eating. And again, this was back in, you know, in the nineties when like no one went, no one right. knew what we know now. Right. <clears throat> so I just kept exploring in my own ways. I was very spiritual. So I explored things from that side as well, from health, from wellness, from nutrition. And then I think one of the biggest things is emotional state, right. And trauma. Um, and as I got towards the end of my 15 years of being a practitioner, um, I realized how important it is for people to look at trauma and meaning just the things. And again, our day-to-day culture that are unhealthy, um, things generationally that are unhealthy and that we all need to kind of work through and have support through to kind of be who we truly are. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. The last year or so, I feel like I've been on this, well, I've been on my own inner mountain journey and path to uh, a better emotional state and realizing the what I almost had to unlearn coming from Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, as you can imagine, growing up in San Francisco Bay Area, all I knew <laughs> was hustle, right? And it mm-hmm. was one of those things where I just went, went, went and never paid attention actually to how I was feeling and what my body was telling me. How did you know to listen to your body? Is this something that you always, you said you've kind of always had that, um, direction, that path? Yeah, I, I, well, I had that. I did. I think I, I, at a very young age, like I said, I had that just something within me that asked a lot of questions and and made those connections. Um, and I do, I do, like I said, I really did the path opposite. So now I'm kind of back in the business world. (laughs) But what I want to kind of say to people is that there's no kind of wrong or right way to do it. It's, it's that you can just like for your case, right? You just kind of got caught up on the hamster wheel. (laughs) And then eventually though, the universe or life or experiences will, will wake you up. I kind of say, so you can choose to kind of wake up more consciously or your life or your journey or your experiences will, will urge you to do so. Um, and I think the corporate world kind of gets a bad rap. And I think it's because it tends to represent a lot of the most toxic practices in our culture. I mean, it was formed by men back in the day, right? Like the men would go to work, right? Mm -hmm. Women would stay home, men would go to work. So I do think there's a lot of distortion in the corporate world. There's still a lot of those old paradigms that, that are there today. But then you also have a lot of the wellness energy coming into corporate culture now. So I don't, I think, again, what's most important is kind of doing the inner work. And once you've done that, um, you can really do anything. So there was a proverb back in my, in my Chinese medicine days. I'm, I'm hoping that I remember it and can <laughs> share it correctly. It was, um, for enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, after enlightenment chop wood, carry water. And it means different things to different people. But what it meant to me was the work is on the inside and it doesn't necessarily matter if you're doing the same thing or not on the outside. Like people will feel a difference in you as you evolve and become more conscious and change. 
but it's mostly an internal remodel that's happening. And then once you have that wholeness inside, you can do anything externally because you have that wholeness. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It's funny you say that too, because I was just on a, a call yesterday with somebody who I haven't spoken with in about a year or so. And she just said, your entire energy, and this is you know virtual, <laughs> of course, she's like, you look so happy and have such a different energy. It's you know, tell me what you've been doing, <laughs> like what, what has yeah. happened since we spoke last. And it's because yeah. I've been working very hard and intentionally on staying grounded, on paying attention to what my body is saying. And um, taking breaks, you know, I've, I am resting now, <laughs> which I had never really done before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, even our young kids, like my kids are 11 and 14. And when you're in the school system, you know, all you're constantly doing mental work. We're a very mentally focused culture and by nature, human beings want freedom. And that's, what's kind of natural is having the time and the space and the curiosity to explore things. Mm -hmm. And when you, you know, you grow up, you work, you get in the corporate world, you're kind of expected to do all of these busy, busy things. And so that is kind of that Eastern influence of meditation, slowing down, breathing, (laughs) doing all that stuff that, you know, we did do at some time naturally, right, as children, but you do, you have to remind yourself and relearn or unlearn, as you were saying, to really get there. Yeah. I actually have alarms going off throughout the day to remind me to breathe. Oh, you know, good. I realized I one that. point I have like email apnea where I'm just sitting there holding my <laughs> breath. <laughs> so I, I'm working on that. But um, speaking of your children, how have you incorporated uh, wellness into their lives? Yeah. So I feel like I tried to, I've tried to <laughs> from the beginning. Um having children and parenting is so another whole area of distorted things, right? It's like, everyone has all this pressure of, I should be doing this. Should I be doing this? Is this damaging my child? You know, you get so worried about this little, these little beings and how you can support them in the best way. And my advice on that is I've really, again, you just have to kind of hone in on who you are and, and try to bring a holistic approach to it. Children are such mirrors for us, our parent, like how were we raised Mm. and then doing that with our children. So it's actually a great opportunity for healing for yourself from your own parental relationships. And then, you know, being challenged then to step into your best self and kind of put forth, um, the ways in which you maybe want or wanted or needed to be parented and didn't get that, right? It's an opportunity to kind of do that with your own children. But from my, for my kids, I've always treated them as kind of equal human beings. Um, none of that kind of formality that my generation had growing up and rule following. I try mm-hmm. to kind of let them learn their own inner compass on right and wrong. Like everyone mm-hmm. has an innate sense for right and wrong. And I think there are universal truths that, that we all can tap into. And so um, I've tried to just kind of guide them and, and celebrate their independence. I incorporate their opinions a lot. You know, what do you want to do? What do you think is best? Um, and if I were to say no, I really had, had to have a good reason for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not just to assert my ego or 
you know, I played soccer, so you will play soccer. Like none of that authoritative energy um, is brought into my parenting skills. I try to kind of, um, and I try to drop in little, you know, teaching. So it's much easier with my daughter. She and I, I don't know if it's because it's girl to girl. Um, she's much more open to listening to my guidance. <laughs> and then my son challenges me because he's kind of like, whatever mom, you know, <laughs> and just kind of blows it off. But I still try like, so any chance that I can, where they have something come up in their own life, I try to use it as an opportunity to share any wisdom that I've gained along the way. Oh, I love that. And you also do visualization and manifestation with your daughter. Is that right? That's something I actually just recently started learning about. And it's Mm -hmm. amazing how impactful that is, even just goal setting, right? Yeah. I love that you're bringing this topic up. It's so the inner journey, kind of that inner mountain that I started as a young person, when you get to your teenage, your twenties, your thirties, and you start to go through life, you're challenged with basically the belief system that that you created mostly unconsciously as a child. Mm-hmm. And um, and so if you can go into that, what I call trauma, right? Or, or where you're getting challenged in life or where you feel like life isn't meeting you, where you actually want to be, um, there's a lot of, again, opportunity for change and healing. And so with manifestation, yes. And I think starting with kids is great because they tend to be more open um, mm. because they haven't really solidified a lot of their beliefs. So so my daughter and I do a lot of things like I'll just ask them, you know, what is it that you desire? Um, and And kind of my messaging for young people that I come into contact with is everything's possible, you know women and men, like for me, I was still raised in a generation where women were not fully valued. Um, Are they today fully valued still as children? Probably not. Um, That's, that's a whole other discussion. (laughs) But so one of the things that I really impress upon young, young women is know your value and don't Mm. sacrifice who you are or your vision for your life because you don't think you deserve it, or you don't think it's available to you. You know, everything is possible, you have to choose from a young age, what type of life do I want to create for myself, because you are the creator of your own reality. And so in manifestation, I think those are really important things to bring into it. And then if you're, you know, not getting what you want, or you're not happy in some area of your life to really kind of reflect on that, become, bring awareness to it, and then just choose what it is that you want Mm. and you will create it over time. And that's so fun and empowering. So my daughter, I mean, she's lucky. She came into this world with very high self-esteem. She's like, she's been my spirit animal for for many years. (laughs) Seriously. She, she just, um, you know, if I were to compliment her, she'd be like, I know, you know, but not in an <laughs> ego way, just in just in like a very natural way where she knows yeah, her worth accepting. and she knows her value. Um, so this was fun. You know, we are, it's the three of us. I raise my children on my own solely and I have for the past 10 years. And we, when we moved from California to South Carolina in 2019, the purpose of that move was to really initiate a better quality of life for us. So it was very expensive out in California. And it became very busy out there as well. 
And so we chose to come to South Carolina. Economically, it made a lot more sense. I wanted to buy a house and kind of slow things down and have a really high quality of life. Um, so th- they also got that, right? Like as soon as mm-hmm. we had lived here for the first year or whatever, they kind they saw that value and they understood it. Um, and then we had kind of bought our, you know, starter home when we got here. And the market here did so well over the past several years that we had a lot of equity and we were in this mode of the sky's the limit. Like, what do we want to create next for our family? What kind of vibe do we want? And so my daughter and I decided, you know, let's just go start looking at like dream type houses. Um, Even though it wasn't in the plans, we just wanted to do that to spill into that energy of something that was kind of beyond our wildest dreams. And so we did that. We started looking at houses and then here we are, you know, I think six months later, we ended up moving into our our current house, which is literally beyond my wildest, you know, single mom dreams. So congratulations. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah. So it's fun to just really allow yourself, allow those around you to get in the space of full havingness. And with your friends and your colleagues to also hold that space for one another, right? So the whole growing up with the mean girl mentality and not supporting other women, it happens with men too, or kind of that jealousy feeling is really mm. old and outdated. And it, it, it serves all of us to hold each other in the best possible light, to lift each other up. Because your thought forms expecting the best for someone versus expecting something negative have an impact. It mm-hmm. all has an impact. And so collectively, as we start to become more conscious and we start to love each other more, support each other more and put more good vibes out there, it just exponentially multiplies. And it's so fun to watch um, when, you, when you put it into practice. I know you have. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is since I've been practicing this, I've been meeting so many more people along this journey that like the perfect timing too, just like meeting you, meeting Diane, it's Mm -hmm. all leading towards more love, more acceptance, more positive vibes, right? It's been so much fun. I feel like half the time I'm on calls and I'm like tapping my toes in excitement. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's that exciting because imagine a world where we all like, we're not focused on all of the horrible wars and fights and all that, but we're just collectively and globally looking and doing and being the best. Um, It's just, it's extremely powerful. And it's so exciting to think into the future as things become more and more holistic and just to imagine how beautiful would it be to be born into a world that was fully supportive of who you are, no matter what sex you are, no matter where you are on any spectrum of anything, right? Just yeah. being fully accepted for and celebrated, not just accepted, but celebrated right. in that way. No, I love that so much. 
Well, speaking of the future and pivoting back a little <laughs> bit to the beginning of our podcast, I'd love to talk more about where you are now with your entrepreneurship journey you're on and what's happening coming 2024 with Drift. Yeah. So one of the things I learned over my life is that I'm someone who doesn't fit in a typical <laughs> box. You haven't gotten the sense for that yet. The seeker, so yes. Even, <laughs> even with work, um, I'm someone who has multiple interests. Mm -hmm. um, I have multiple talents. And trying to just be one thing doesn't work for me. So my day-to-day -day life, I'm the COO of a company. And I, I kind of, you know, synchronicity-wise, ended up in this industry. It's the regulation crowdfunding industry. So I get to work day-to-day with tons of entrepreneurs and small business owners who are launching their companies and trying to raise money. So of course, it's and <laughs> and over my years in wellness, I became an entrepreneur. I created a women's nutrient boost back in 2016. I had had other ideas even earlier on that I bypassed because I didn't really take myself seriously. I think as mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, like one of the first steps is you have to trust and believe that you and your ideas are valuable and are needed right. in this world. And so, you know, like my first idea was I had been in Bali for three months and they have these beautiful elixir drinks that, that they'll whip up for you on the street. They're called Jammu. And I came back to the States and I really wanted, I was like, I want to make health drinks. And again, this is before Whole Foods now has like a whole section of health drinks, but I didn't know how to create a health drink and put it in a bottle and get mm -hmm. it into a grocery store. So I kind of just let that, let that go by. Right. Um, and so it, by 2016, I was like, okay, I'm listening to the inner calling. I'm not going to just bypass myself. I'm going to take myself seriously. And I created something that I thought women needed. They needed to be nourished. And I selected three ingredients and I branded the whole package and I created the whole thing. What I didn't have at that time was the business um, acumen, I guess I would call it, to really um, take it further. So I created two rounds of inventory and successfully sold them out. But I didn't really know, can I raise money? How do I raise money? Where do I take this from here? So fast forward, we had moved here. I got back into um, the business world. So I'm running that company. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that I wanted to tap back into my entrepreneurship and to create something else or many things, right? Yeah. And so I created this company, Drift. It's a modern take on the garment bag. It was a very, again, synchronistic um, idea that came from my own travels. I had a wedding to attend in Savannah. I didn't have anything to transport this beautiful gown in. And when, even when I got to the hotel and I was worried, how is this? Is, is the bell cart going to run it over? Like, what's <laughs> going to happen to this beautiful gown? Am I going to have anything to wear to the wedding this night? The bellman came into the room and he said, You know, parking Ferraris and Lamborghinis is super stressful. But what really worries me is a dress. And I was like, <laughs> Yes, right. Yeah. And so he was in that conversation, <laughs> we laughed, but like he was telling me that this is not just me, that this is right. every woman. And yeah. um and, and so Bellhop, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah, what does he do every day? He's bringing yeah. people's, you know, dresses in. So I was like, this is just this is so relevant. Mm 
So, and the current state of the garment bag industry is pitiful. I mean, it's, it's really, they just, they're not functional. They're painful to carry. They're, they're just, they're not pretty to look at. And so the idea is to take this old outdated thing and make it super fun. And I love it because it's a symbolic of kind of women in general, right? If you look at the current garment bag, it's like we have, we have accepted less because less was created for us, right? So we just accepted it. We use it. We, but we don't think we deserve more or that more is possible. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so I'm here to say it is. And, uh, you know, we're in the era of Taylor Swift and Beyonce and female <clears throat> consumer power. And so it's so exciting for me because it resonates, you know, on so many levels. So I did an accelerator for that and I did the pitch for that. And we are in the process um, working with a design team to create our MVP, we call it, or our kind of like first iteration of the our our garment bag the one that you know minimizes wrinkles and is fun to carry and is gorgeous and all of those fun things so that's extremely inspiring and exciting for me day to day um because yeah i've been waiting for this you know for this idea so that's really fun and then i also this year started a fashion blog with my daughter Um, amazing yeah, and I'm still finishing my MBA. So I think the the <laughs> thing I want to share around that is when you're doing things that you love, there is no limit because your creativity will go on and on and on. And um it's invigorating, right? So it's not yeah. like it's tiring or it's a burden. But when we're the burdens are the things in life that are heavy and challenging for us, but those you can you can work through those and I've certainly had a lot of those. Um, to work through in my life. So it feels fun to be kind of on the other side of that, where I'm at a place in my life where I can celebrate and explore my creativity and believe it's all possible and, you know, and be doing it. Yeah. Initially I was thinking like, how is she doing all that? But if it's all giving, feeding you energy versus taking it away because you're doing something that you are passionate about and are excited about, that's, I mean, the sky is the limit that way, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the things that are draining are ultimately things on a soul level that like we shouldn't really be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have this, we <laughs> so have this obvious, approach yeah. of like must do hard things, must do life hard. <laughs> no, life can be easy. Um, life can be fun. Life can be light. Um, it's just lightening that load, knowing how to lighten that load, right? Which is, I believe, through the inner mountain. It Mm -hmm. is through doing that inner work. And if you're willing, because it it is hard work and it does take a lot, you know, it takes a lot to fight through things that have created hurt for you in your life or have traumatized you or have made you believe that what I'm saying today is not possible, but it is, it's possible for each and every one of us. Yeah, definitely. And I love what you were saying, you know, now that you're in corporate, you're going on the entrepreneur path. It's not that you've left wellness and self-care that stays with you forever. Once you have that foundation, that inner mountain and know you can do this and have that strength, you can get through anything that way. Right. What advice would you have for those that haven't, that are in corporate are in the hustle are kind of struggling with getting out of that 
hamster wheel, right? Like how do you, what's the first steps really to joining this path? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of the, the kind of subtleties to it is that it's not what you think it is, right? Mm -hmm. So like I was saying, it's not the corporate world. It's the fact that you've kind of haven't listened to yourself and have gone down a path that doesn't honor you and nourish Mm. you. And so the first step's almost like that. Oh, that hurts. Right? Like just that awareness and that acceptance of I've ended up in a place where I don't want to be. And my personal background with that, I was married for eight years. During that time, I really sacrificed my career. I moved to different places kind of for his job. Um, I had the young kids, so I was focused on raising them and not on my career. And so I got to a place after my divorce where I was raising a nine-month-old and a three-year-old 100% on my own and trying to further my wellness career. I mean, talk about a challenge, (laughs) right? Like it felt impossible. It felt like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. And that is, is where I've slowly year by year walked myself out of. And, you know, it's obviously very complex, but like for me at the, at the initial stage, it was like, oh, I'm not focused on my career. I'm focused on my children. I want to be there to walk them to school. And my acupuncture job allowed me the freedom to set my own hours and do that. Then as we fast forwarded, and they became more independent, I was able to then go, okay, now I need to be a provider. I need to, you know, provide the life that we want, prepare for college or whatever needs that I want to support them with. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's like, you'll go through different stages. And I think just try, what do you need now? Right. And then really don't focus on the how, focus on the what do I ultimately want to feel? What do I want to do when I wake mm. up? How do I want, what do I want to see when I look around my house? Um, what are the things that support me, right? Like exercise, nutrition, all of those basic kinds of physical body things. And then you really have to get into the mental aspect. And I think the mind, right, can be a very powerful tool in oh, a yeah. good way or a bad way. So again, don't necessarily get... I think we can get so stuck in almost like the victim or the like, this is not what I want, but try to put that aside and focus on what you do want. And imagine that your mind and your energy is feeding something. So do you want it to feed what you don't want or do you want it to feed what you do want? And, um, and there are a lot of resources out there in this day and age for, Mm -hmm. Um, for walking down that path. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That definitely has a much more positive energy in general, focusing on what you'd like, not what you don't have. Right. It's just, again, a mindset shift for sure. You know, with, I I can't believe we're already in in middle of November with six weeks left in the year, you know, if you could choose one self-care routine that would make the biggest impact in ending this year off in a bang, what would you do or suggest? So I love to um, just very intentionally um, look ahead with the energy, but I will I will just say for me it's in the little details of my day to day life. So I have cultivated that for a while. 
So like my Pilates that I do is super exciting for me because it's, it's, it's a match for me. It's very creative. It's very freeing. It's very, um, my body loves it. Right. Um, for me, the essentials are physical movement, you know, getting out in nature, doing things that I love, and then spending time every single day checking in with my mind. Am I putting that energy towards the future I want? Or am I stuck focusing on things that, that I don't want? And so right now it's really fun for me. I have so much fun stuff to look at. So I think about drift and what direction that company could go in. Um, in my current role, what are the great things that could happen for us in 2024 with the kids? So it's, it's a nice time of year to look ahead and really look at 2024. What is it that you want to create for yourself? What is it that you want to feel? What is it that you want to fill your days with? And, um, and then enhance that, do a vision board, um, do an art project, go on a bike ride, whatever, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> well, I, this has been so much fun. And I really appreciate you joining us today. Is there any final pieces of advice that you'd like to give our audience or any final words? Just um, know your value. Everything and anything is possible. There's a pathway to get there. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need. And make yourself happy. Choose happy. Happiness is love. Happiness is truth. And, you know, chase happiness. <laughs> I just got That's goosebumps. It. That's amazing. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Peyton. And we will be in touch. I'll see you next week for coffee, actually. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you so much for this opportunity to, to share with everyone. Bye.